Welcome to Grind, Grind, Sell, Sell, Elevate, Elevate, with your host, Tizer Evans, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the top minds in all areas of business, entrepreneurship, sales, and leadership. Let's elevate together. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is your host, Ty, and I'm here with Bryce Henson, who's the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. Bryce, thanks so much for joining me. Geyser, appreciate you, buddy. Excited to be on today. Yeah, so love your background. Um, love that you're a, a Cali guy as well, especially in the beautiful SoCal that it's been cold out there recently. It has. Holy smokes. I know. Uh, well, if you could, could you uh, introduce yourself a bit of a bit of a background of people that may not know you um, and then also where people can find you? Yeah, so I am the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. We're an um, international fitness franchise, have hundreds of locations based in North America. Um, but I certainly didn't start out in the fitness game at all. In fact, I come from the Midwest. I spent, you know, the first, uh, I guess, the second decade of my life there and um, not a fit guy at all. And I love the Midwest. Great place. Amazing people, but just not the fitness capital of the world. So I lived that way for a little bit of time. Um, Unhealthy, you know, not active and fit. But uh, it turns out in the early 2000s, I got a job opportunity internship initially and then moved me to moved into a full time sales gig, which we're talking, you know, off script about my first foundation in sales uh, to Los Angeles, California. I was excited to be in, in LA, the palm trees, the blue skies, the beaches, all that California has to offer. But it also, especially specifically LA can be the plastic capital of the world. So I was 21 years young, 3000 miles from home, you know, didn't have fitness in my life, didn't have confidence in my, in my life, didn't have friend network. Um, so ultimately, um, you know, I had some good days, but being very candid with you and your audience ties, or I had more you know dark days than good. And uh, unfortunately, fortunately, I should say a couple of years into my you know living here, um, a fortuitous situation happened. One of my good friends from back home, who was my first fitness mentor, his name is Adam. He had the six back abs, the glistening muscles. He wasn't on the cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. He ended up moving to Southern California, Orange County, right where we were talking offline, uh, where your in-laws live. And uh, really, that was my first impact of fitness. And I followed him for probably about two years, six months, hyper-focused. He introduced me to circuit training, to uh, nutrition, uh, to coaching and accountability. And that's really what changed the game for me. And over a period of six months, uh, dropped 20 pounds of body fat, put 20 pounds of lean muscle. And that was really the foundation, which really you know, got me excited and inspired to be in the fitness space, which then eventually led to me being a personal trainer and a gym owner or multi-location owner, and then the CEO of FitBody. So that's kind of a quick backstory. And I guess where you could find me, um, fitbodybootcamp.com is our global website. And then my personal site, whether social media and website, et cetera, is real Bryce Henson, not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson. So that's where you can find me. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. I know there's so many fake profiles out there <laughs> nowadays. Um, well, I appreciate the, the background on the bio. That's, you know, I love that you we're vulnerable to share that because I think a lot of people have that journey. You know, they grow up in a, a right. You're usually a product of your environment. If you didn't grow up with your community or your family uh, closely associated with fitness or nutrition, then you just don't adopt those types of values until you get put in a situation where you want to make a change or, you know, you're around people that do. Well, how, how was that? I guess maybe people that are listening, you, know, you see a lot of salespeople that we talked about, listen to the podcast and, live a pretty sedentary lifestyle, right? Yeah. A lot of people fall into that track. You become overweight. What did that do to shift your confidence, especially as you gravitated in sales by getting in shape and dropping that weight? 
Holy smokes, my friend. That's why I'm so passionate about fitness. And I love sales. I love leadership. I love business. Um, sales is my first you know, career. And um, fitness changed everything for me. Um, and one of the, the parts of the story I, I left out was I started, you know, in the sales organization, probably the least performing sales rep in the company. It was a startup. There's about 20 sales rep, sales reps. And I just kind of gave you the overview of my fitness transformation. And I'm not kidding you, Tizer. Within 12 months, okay, of me starting my fitness transformation, I became, I went from the lowest performing sales rep in the company all the way to the highest performing the sales rep in the company. And I stayed that way for 10 years. And wow. if you if you look back, there was one thing that changed in my life, and that was it. It was my ability to get fit because really what that did is it gave me a ton of confidence. It increased my enthusiasm, increased my motivation. It just increased my mental clarity, my output, my energy, my vibration. We know this from being in sales. At the end of the day, people don't buy your product, they buy you. And yeah. At the end of the day, if you're lethargic and if you're depressed and if you're you know mediocre at average and not really inspiring, at the end of the day, you can have the best product in the world, but you're not going to be able to move that. And the, the opposite is also true. You can literally have a mediocre product, but if you're fired up, if you have energy of enthusiasm, if you, you know, lead with a servant, uh, you know, heart, uh, and people can sense that energy that will make the world the difference. So for me, the foundation of my sales experience, my business experience, my leadership experience and success of the last two decades has been specifically founded in fitness. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. No, well, I appreciate that. And I think that that's a, it's a key element that can be missed sometimes because so often you see sales reps that will go in and they buy all the books, they take the courses, right. And they're still not generating traction. And I think sometimes I tell people and said, uh, you know, I've had a little bit of success myself in sales. And I said, it's because it's just a transfer of energy. And, and if you're, if you're not coming in and you're not resonating at a high frequency and you're you know resonating at a low frequency, then you get low frequency results. Um, and, and it's, it's not about manipulation or using, it can be, you know, using certain types of words or phrases, but ultimately at the end of the day, like you said, people are just buying you. They're not, uh, necessarily doing anything else other than that. And I don't even know if my sales script even changed. It was literally <laughs> exactly. just, the, it was the energy, the presence I had, and I completely buy into it. I actually take it a step further. Sales is a transfer of transfer of energy and emotion. And you really can't have high frequency emotion unless you have energy. And in my humble opinion, you can't have good energy unless you're fit, you're active, you're healthy, you're really investing in yourself. Um, and that is the name of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when you transitioned into sales, you had a great 10 year track record there, and then you made this shift into entrepreneurship and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's how it went, Bryce, right? Yeah. So, I mean, loosely, and I can kind of, you know, story tell, but that's really what it is. I got into sales, ended up working that career for 10 years. I started, you know, get my fitness transformation in year two to three. I actually didn't think when I went through the transformation that I would ever be a fitness professional, but about two years into that, when I completely transformed my life and I became a six figure earner at 25 years old. So at the end of the day, like I was like crushing it, right? Never in a million years. I was like, oh, I wanted to pursue something else because the sales gig was actually working really well. Yeah. Um, but I remember um, being actually in Huntington Beach, just you know, near Lake Forest, where you spent some time. And some guy walks up to me at the gym, and he introduced himself, and he's like, "Hey, I want to introduce myself and just you know connect with you. I've seen how you lift weights. I'm curious how you eat. I'm curious how you train." And that was the light bulb that went off. I was like, "Oh wow, I can actually you know this could be a, a an actual career for me." But I never thought actually even at that point it could be a full time focus because again my sales career was cranking, um, and I thought, "All right, maybe I can train some people on the nights and weekends." And that's really how that it got started and then eventually became a business owner, et cetera. 
Oh, okay, great. So you just basically took the sales you uh, the sales skills you had uh, learned right in a different type of job, and then realized that you could apply those in different avenues with something that you were passionate about. Hundred percent. And even yeah. we were talking offline prior. Um, the two things that I love the most are sales and leadership, and I think they're so intertwined uh, from a sales perspective. And certainly, uh, I buy into this, um, I guess, notion or mantra: there's money in the transaction. But there's wealth in the relationship, and there's mm. you know certainly a lot of truth to that. So it's important from a sales perspective to build your relationships and really pour into people because you're going to have a lot more success long term. Um, but really, you know, from if you're a sales role, you are you know selling something, you're pulling out your credit card, you're making a transaction, etc. Whereas leadership, I'm still selling every single day, all day. I'm not actually selling a transaction. I'm selling a vision. I'm selling an idea. I'm selling a directive, and I have to have buy-in for my people, just like from a sales perspective, you have to have buy-in physically buy-in from a credit card transaction that you know you're selling a, a physical product. So for me, sales and leadership are very very much intertwined. They're just, you know, two different looks at the same type of philosophy from my lens. Totally agree. I've got a, a good friend who who lives in Ireland and he's a sales consultant for LinkedIn and Salesforce and he wrote a book called Everybody Works in Sales. So, because yeah, right. you're selling yourself. I mean, like yeah. you're selling yourself, I'm selling myself right now in this podcast to your audience. So, I completely buy into that notion. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when you when you started to make this shift and you got into so you know Fit Body Bootcamp for those you don't know, I know um, is a franchise model based company which I'm a I'm a huge proponent of. My father in law who lives in Kokoda, I was telling you about, he uh, has three different franchises, not in the fitness space, but so that's what my wife grew up in, in that model, and I think that it's uh, one of the best underserved models that's not talked about. Um, just kind of holistically when transitioning into an entrepreneurial space. So I'd love to, you know, get your take on why that model made sense and how you came about with Fit, uh, Fit Body Bootcamp and what that shift was, was going into of being a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah, well, I think franchising has been a game changer for me. Uh, never again in a million years I th- did I ever envision myself being on the franchisor side or even the franchisee side until the opportunity with fitness came. So for me, it was actually the perfect way from a support system, from a training wheels perspective, um, to really cut my teeth on my, uh, on my entrepreneur spirit. And I remember, you know, reading the very first book I read was The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. I also read Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki early in, mm-hmm. in my youth, and that really opened my eyes to like entrepreneurship. So I always had this vision that I was going to be a business owner uh, and that was going to be an entrepreneur and start, you know, something big of purpose. Um, So, you know, when I got cut my teeth in the sales perspective, that was a really, really good foundation. In fact, I read some literature recently, like the vast majority of big fortune 500 CEOs come from a sales background for the exact same reason. Initially, they learn that sales skill and then ultimately they're leading a team organization, you know, a group of following, and they're really just, you know, selling and and transferring emotion and transferring belief there. But um, Fit Body was the perfect way to um, cut my teeth on that because I gained experience from a sales perspective, but I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to lead. I didn't know how to actually run a business. And, you know, the difficult part of being an entrepreneur compared to just a salesperson is from the sales perspective, I had to do cold calls. I ultimately had, you know, when the phone rang as well, I had to convert that person into a sale. 
But that's a sales perspective. When you're a business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, yes, you have to cold call, you have to convert those leads, but you actually have to get the phone to ring. You have to run the operations. You have to run the finance. You have to run the human resources. You have to run the marketing. You have to get people calling you. So it's a whole different beast, way more overwhelming. So I was excited and I had this burning passion, but I was a little bit at a standstill because it was overwhelming to understand that I have to do all these functions. So when I discovered uh, Bezos Kulian, who's the founder of FitBody, who's, you know, dear friend of mine, a mentor and a business partner of mine, who was the founder of FitBody Bootcamp, to me, it made a lot of sense, especially had this passion for fitness because I had to touch with it. I was confident in myself that I could actually sell people onto my program. So I kind of came into that, not factory installed, but I had learned that for 10 years. So I had a good amount of confidence that, okay, when I open my business, I can get people to convert into members. I just didn't have confidence. I could run the marketing, the, the operations, the HR, the finance, et cetera. And that's why I decided to partner myself and really latch onto a, a, fitness, a franchise brand. And it, it was the the game changer for me because it you know taught me marketing, it taught me coaching, it taught me it taught me lead acquisition, uh, it taught me it, it taught me so much in the in the first ten years of my business growth that it was the perfect segue. Then now to you know have a, an incredibly larger opportunity in running international franchise, being an entrepreneur in a different you know facet. So for me, the franchise model was just a blessing and a perfect way to really start my entrepreneurial path. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Grind So Elevate again this week. I did want to let you know that I do have an additional podcast called The Book Legion. The Book Legion is a podcast where it's 10 to 15 minutes. I jump on uh, once a week, also with the co-host Kevin Diaz, and we chat about books, about the core pillars of our lives to help us get better. So a lot of personal development books on spirituality, sales, leadership, health, wellness, you name it. Those are the books we've covered. We have over 55 episodes out already that's been up for over the last year and a half. Um, it's just as big as Grind So Elevate. We give a lot of really great feedback. So we'd love to hear from you, books, reviews that you like, and then also the books that you'd want us to cover. So if you haven't heard of uh, The Book Legion, go check it out either at thebooklegion.com where you can subscribe or on any outlets where they have podcasts, you'll be able to find The Book Legion. Thanks so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for breaking that down. Um, I, I just don't think it's a space that's touched on enough, but that has so much opportunity with like, hey, if the blueprint's already been drawn for you and you have a certain skill set that you're great at, you can walk right into a blueprint. Like you said, apply the skill set that you've already developed. Maybe it's already leadership. Maybe it's already sales. Maybe it's already a background in accounting, right? And then utilize the the, the plan that the companies that set forth and they've had a lot of success with. Um you know, I do. You, you also, uh, you, we've touched on leadership a few times. I know it's something you said that you're really passionate about, and, and I would love to get your perspective. Because I said, you know, my father-in-law is a franchisor, and uh, and my brother-in-law is the one that really is all the boots on the ground, taking care of all the franchisees and dealing with people. So you've got internal people you've got to lead, but then you also have your franchisees that you have to help. All right, not everybody's going to be maybe an operator or an owner like you would have been. Right. And so what does that look like holistically for you and um, when it comes from a leadership perspective to deal with so many different personalities? Oh, it's a lot for sure. Um, but I think why I love it so much, if you break it down and again, the sales and leadership you know, comparisons are so there. I have a love with people. I love connecting with people, love pouring into people, people fill my cup. Uh, so for me, I'm a people person and that's really you know allowed me to be really successful in, in both categories, but really passionate about both categories. And I think the difference for me and why I've grown this like adoration for leadership from a sales perspective, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like to skydive. I like to do, you know, 
know, travel the world and do fun things. Um, so I like that from an adrenaline perspective. And I think from the sales, like it's the thrill, the chase, it's the adrenaline. I love that. But from this, the leadership perspective, I get more fulfillment there, like watching mm. people, like pour into people. Um, initially, when I launched my business, I'm leading my clients, right? So, you know, being a fitness coach, you know, developing my leadership skills. But then as I transitioned, as my business started to grow, what I realized is I need to fo- shift my attention from a leadership perspective, you know, not divert it completely away from my clientele, because you still have to be connected. But really, my sense of leadership changed from my clients then to cha- leading my team. And that's a whole another level of leadership because when you lead leaders, it's way harder because you have to be a better leader. You have to be more stable. You have to be more consistent. You have to better have better clarity. You have to have stronger communication skills. You have to have a stronger vision. So it's actually more challenging on one way, but it's way more fulfilling because if you can actually start leading leaders, the impact you can have, the fulfillment that you can actually achieve from it, from the success that they have, and then the success they are, are able to, you know, be able to produce for their 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 following as well. It's just a force multiplier. So for me, that's been my biggest passion and the biggest sense of fulfillment transitioning from like traditional sales role to more from a leadership perspective. But again, I, you know, th- there's so much crossover that I, that both still f- uh, fill my cup. Oh, I love it. Is, is there anything that you found to be really successful with, you know, like you said, leading leaders is hard and, and hard. oftentimes you're dealing with big personalities and a lot of opinions, right? And so is there a, kind of a formula or a certain a process you take to break down each individual when it comes to kind of your relationship with that person, because ultimately, right, it's about the buy-in. They have to trust you, believe in you, that you're you're someone that can lead them to the next level. Is there kind of a process or a thought process that you go through, or maybe even a, a system that you go through with people? Yeah, well, I have a like a five. I developed this like framework for leadership. It's called the five C's of leadership, which is starts with clarity then courage, then connection, then community, or excuse me, communication, and then consistency. So those are my like five uh, framework of leadership, which I can break down, but really kind of to dive into your specific question about, you know, being able to lead certain people. I think you have to understand people and you have to understand yourself first and foremost. How do you operate? Like, what are you good at? What's your zone of genius? What are you not good at? Because I think what at times is, you know, leaders, especially if you're the CEO of the company, you walk in, I'm the CEO of this, you know, all this clout and ego, no one follows me because I'm the CEO of the brand, not one person. If I walked in and said, hey, you're going to follow, you're going to do what I say because I'm the CEO, I would literally have zero buy-in. I do not lead like that at all. I take my ego, I throw it out the door. It's not easy. It's hard, especially when you have you know, a, a teammate who maybe is not following you know, your the vision initially. You kind of have like flare up initially, but you have to realize, hey, it's a person I need to connect with them. So you have to understand your, yourself first and have to have a strong amount of emotional intelligence. But specifically, Tizer, which I love this particular question because we've really taken a big focus myself personally, but our entire organization at Fit Body Bootcamp to really understand personality profiling. And we've really um, started creating a training framework around DISC profiling, D-I-S-C, which is a very popular um, and really well-known with a lot of cloud personality assessment. And really, if you break it down, there's four different personality styles. You know, you have D for dominant, um, you have I for interactive, um, you have S for supportive, and then you have C for 
or conscientious and all different, you know, the four different quadrants have four different, you know, personality styles and zones of genius and the way people operate. So for me, I'm a high D in a, in a secondary I. So D stands for dominant. So, you know, I'm assertive, um, you know, I'm bold and, you know, whatnot. That's kind of naturally inst installed in me. The interactive is the connectivity. That's why I probably like people. So it's really good for me and actually good salespeople typically have a good DI combo because mm -hmm. they are assertive and they're bold and they basically take chances, but they also really like to interact with people. So I think that's actually factory installed in my personality and why I enjoy that. But you know, in learning disc, and we actually work with a company called Take Flight Learning, which actually assigns bird profiles to the disc because, you know, people, human nature, we learn through metaphor and analogy. Mm -hmm. So when you think of D dominant, the eagle, okay? So basically we call D, the, the D eagle. So high eagle, high assertive, et cetera. I parrot, like think about the, the, the life of the party, the person who's like interacting with everyone, you know, that's typically a parrot. S is for supportive. Like think of the international peace symbol, the dove, right? Um, dove are supportive. They connect with everyone. And then C for conscientious, the owls, wise, analytical, mm. et cetera. So it's not only about knowing you, but really what Take Flight Learning talks about. Um, it talks about the golden rule. The golden rule is treat others how um, you want to be treated, but actually the real rule that you want to follow, okay, is the rule of treating others how they want to be treated. So if you know someone's personality style, if you know they're you know a C or, or conscientious or an owl, they're typically not going to be high energy. They're not going to be super enthusiastic. They're typically going to be very analytical. They want to see a lot of data. Data, they want to see a lot of facts. So for me, the running joke is I surround myself from a leadership team perspective with a lot of owls or people who are C on the disc profile because they make up for what I lack. And that's important for me when I lead that type of person. I have to understand when I'm talking to my leadership team is all very high in, in Cs, which basically compensates for my weaknesses. But I have to know because I'm working with a C conscientious an owl, when I present something, a vision, I can't just like wing it. I can't fly by this thing in the pants. My my conscientious people, my leaders, they're going to want data. They're going to want basically, you know, proof. They're going to want to make sure that the, the opportunity, the vision that I present is really buttoned up. So really to put a bow on this, it's important, you know, about yourself first and foremost, from a personality perspective, but more importantly, the person that you're leading and connecting with, because if you do, you're stacking the decks in your, in your favor, that you're going to be able to influence them in a positive way. And of course the opposite is also true. Thank you. That was, a, that was a great, uh, love it. You know, I'm, I'm familiar. I've, I've taken the test myself. I would fall right in the same category as yourself. Oh, cool. um, and I think that's just me. Like you said, it's just most salespeople, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and you hit it right on the head. It is great because I think if you, like I told you, I've been in insurance since 09. And like, you know, salespeople, uh, we, we want to go, we want to make every deal happen, but then you've got underwriting, which would be the C's where they're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally. yeah. yeah. Right. Totally. So, so that just totally clicked to me. Um, you, you, you touched on a couple of things, but one of the things that uh, I want to get, the first thing I wanted to, to ask you is where did you learn from? Did you have mentors that kind of helped kind of refine your leadership skills and kind of give you a little bit of a framework and say, hey, you're great at this and you know, teach you about DISC or just things that you just kind of read, th you got through reading or that they just come innate to you? Um, you know, where, where have been your, I guess, maybe mentors is what I'm looking for for you. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a huge component of leaders are readers and leaders are learners. So I've been blessed. I've always had this like general curiosity in the world, curiosity about business, about travel, about life, about you know sales and persuasion and leadership. So in people in general. So, you know, I think for me, like learning is a really, really big, important part of that. So listening to podcasts, I read a book a week, like that's just really important. Uh, and I'm also learning from everyone, you know, even though I'm the CEO of the brand, I'm here with my videographer, Pablo, like you would never believe I learned the most incredible things about his creativity, how his mindset works, like, you know, his ability to basically learn a concept and then, you know, take that and then apply that skill set to his media videography or whatnot. So you can learn, you know, from everyone. I think that's really important to have from a leadership perspective, that white belt humble mentality. But for me, the two biggest mentors that I probably, you know, cite the vast majority of my success leading the path was my first mentor, Eric, who uh, was the CEO and founder of the first company. And I'll talk about him and some of the things I learned here in a second. The second mentor was, you know, our um, mutual contact, cannot contact if you will, but my mentor, my second mentor, Bajel Skoulian, who is the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, who I know you connect with as well. So these two uh, gentlemen, you know, have probably been the biggest um, sense of inspiration and motivation and mentorship for me. For Eric, I learned about, he was basically this larger life personality. He probably had a high, he probably has a high eagle and and, uh, and, and parrot personality as well, because he's bold, he's daring, but he also loves to connect with people. He reminds me of probably what uh, Walt Disney would have been back in the day. Um, so just very larger in life. He taught me about vision. He talked, he taught me about leading and he talked to me about compassion and caring people. Mm-hmm. And, and what I realized, what I learned from from him, especially leading people, he was more generous many times than I thought was actually needed. And I thought to myself in the first, and, and initially it's like, wow, the company is maybe losing a little bit of money in the front end. And I think there's something to be said about being you know, responsible, but on the other side of the coin, if you're generous with people, if you actually give more than, you know, you probably think is worth it, but over the long term, kind of going back to that analogy, there's money in the transaction, but there's wealth in the relationship. When you take yeah. care of your people, mission critical. So I learned a ton from him about that. On the flip side, Bedros, uh, probably the biggest thing was just, I learned about marketing, about direct response, about sales and persuasion, uh, and the lessons that I've learned from him about that. Also too, he comes from a communist country. Um, he escaped you know, the Soviet Union. He's literally American dream story. He's a free market capitalist. I also learned about literally like say, like speaking your truth, no matter what you know anyone thinks about it, which is hard from a human nature perspective. So those two you know, big mentors in my life, you you know, really, really taught me a lot. And I think that's really important for you and your audience to know it's really, really important to, to understand and latch yourself with someone who, you know, has gone where you want to go. And I think that's the power of franchising and that built-in model, but also too, this all said, you know, uh, I want to kind of put a bow on that as well and set proper expectation just because they're my mentors from this particular lens doesn't mean I learn every single thing from them. So Bedros, I love to death. I've learned so much from him. He's not an operations guy. He's not detail oriented. So, you know, from a leadership perspective, from a managing people perspective, I'm probably not going to look to him specifically for that because that's not his zone of genius in his own words. So I think it's really important to understand that you need to have mentors, but you also have to understand that your mentor, okay, is probably not good at every single thing in the world. That's just impossible. So glean the best things from that particular mentor and then push away the rest. And that also goes for other people, maybe someone that you actually like on your team that maybe, you know, is not the most successful person ever, but you can learn a skill or a quality or something from them. So I think you can, you can actually learn a lot. So it's important to have that proper expectation from a mentor as well.
Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Grind, Sell, Elevate this week. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Odin's Ruth Clothing Company. Odin's Ruin is a clothing company that is for those people that are burning the boats to live a purpose-driven life. Those who can appreciate the Vikings and Nordic culture's sense of adventure, their sense of loyalty, their sense of honor above all things. So if you're into a motivational type clothing theme that's got a little bit of a Nordic twist, um, go head over to odinsrune.com. And if you guys put in code friend of Odin, you'll save 20% on anything in the store. So again, that's code friend of odin for 20 percent off of odinsrune.com yeah beautiful i love that and and uh, you hit it right in the head um with beatrice is a credible story anybody who's not read his book man up um when i was er, early on the scene right when i think i had pre-ordered it so when that came out um, nice. I, learned a, I learned a ton from him and yeah and I ended up following him which then actually led me to wes watson and i, I think that they saw a relationship and um, oh yeah I, I've done oh. Wes's program and chatted with him a few times, um, and, and you know, and I've attended his classes and ha- had some offline discussion with him. He's a great guy too. Oh, great dude! Actually, um, friend of mine, and he's actually you know he's local to Southern California. We do mm-hmm. my, my podcast is in person, so I'm going to have him in the studio next week, which will be fun. oh cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah. he puts out he puts out fire content. Fire, man, fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I figured you probably knew him. Uh, yeah. what, one of the other things that, you know, I wanted to ask that you touched on, I think is super important is, you know, knowing yourself. And I think that this gets overlooked a lot. Um, and, and for me personally, I think that sometimes this is where when people fall into a leadership position, cause often, I don't know how many times you've seen this. I've seen a ton where a great sales rep all of a sudden becomes a sales manager, but they were a great player, but not necessarily a great coach. And I think a lot of this leads because they don't know who they are. So they try to flex power um, in weird kind of ways, assertive ways that don't always resonate with people. Then you get a lot of pushback and I've seen a lot of people step back down, but I want to know how you got to know yourself to be your authentic self. And I think that that's one of the things I learned from Bedros book that the stuff he put in that book would be like, to your point, would be very hard for a lot of people to disclose. And he was just raw and put it in writing, right? Wes, the same way, raw, put it oh, in yeah. writing. And um, so, you know, how did you get to that point of self-acceptance and maybe what are some of the practices you've done to get to know yourself better? Oh, that's an incredible question. Well, I mean, very candidly and being very vulnerable, I failed a lot. I literally fell forward. I fell on my face. Um, many times over. I remember being a young leader, okay, opening my business, and it was in the first year or so, and I wanted to make a change in office, okay? It's my gym, right? At the end of the day, if I want to change one equipment room from a leadership room or from my office room to equipment room and and switch that, ultimately, I have the authority to do so. Um, But ultimately, it's important to understand that when you're leading a team, you need to be able to communicate and have clarity of vision, et cetera. So I'll never forget, you know, over the weekend, basically, I just, you know, changed one of the equipment rooms and switched that for my office. And then on Monday morning, I get, you know, one of my coaches is like, hey, what's going on? I kind of like had this fit. And ultimately, I was not having anything of it. I was like, my ego flared up. It's like, how Mm. dare you question my authority, like my gym, okay? Horrible leadership. That's the 
like the exact opposite way you handle the situation. And I'm just being, you know, raw and vulnerable because that was literally one of the like defining moments when I realized like, oh, wow, that is not a good approach. Or at least the the response that I was looking for was not what I got. And obviously it was the way that I communicated. So very candidly, and actually really important and valuable in my franchising you know, journey because I had the sales experience and we talked about like the similarities in sales and leadership, but at the end, end of the day, they also, also are two different things. And they're different. They are different skill sets from that perspective as well. And I think by, you know, joining a franchise system where I had all that other support, it kind of was like a training wheels. Uh, It was like training wheels on a, on a bike as an example. It gave me the leverage and the space to fail a lot. And I failed a lot. So that said, I think it's an, a great, it's an incredible point that just because you're great at sales does not mean you're great at leading and managing people. They are, there's definitely similarities there, but there's definitely skill sets that you need to understand. And it was also like a hard learning lesson. I, I'm i embarrassed to admit this, but I didn't fully understand that I really needed to develop my leadership skills until I started hiring my full team or my, uh, my, my team back when I you know got the gym going. Because when I launched my business in November of 2012, um, I trained the first six months of sessions. I was running around like a madman. I just you know bootstrapped. I put all my life savings in this. So I didn't have money to basically hire. So because of that, for the first six months, I trained everything. And ultimately, as the business started to grow, then I was like, oh, cool, I can you know hire a coach. So then I hired a coach and a part-time coach and a full-time coach. But I remember it, I gave you one vulnerable story, but just in general, I remember many times, okay, being able to provide vision or communication of where we're going, but not getting buy-in at all. And it just turned out to be, I wasn't effective communicator. I did not have strong vision. I was not clear, okay? And all those things are really important when you're leading people. So, you know, it's not uh, the answer that you, maybe you're looking for is I went to the seminar and I was enlightened. The answer, the real answer is mm-hmm. I just fell on my ass a lot of times. I got punched in the face a lot. And yeah, I had some wins for sure. Ultimately, that's the reason I'm in the position that I am overseeing a, a global international fitness brand, but I failed a lot. But because of my, you know, love for people and just, you know, care and compassion, which I feel like I'm very blessed factory install with that, I always felt there was value in picking myself back up and learning the skill and learning the lesson. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson is like fail forward, take action. You're going to mess up. Um, but if you're truly called to do that, and not everyone's called to be a boss or a leader or an entrepreneur, sure. that's okay. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're called to do that, you'll have this passion of like, all right, what did I learn? What did I do well? What do we need to improve? And how can I get better? And that's really the formula that's worked for me. No, that's great. Thank you for sharing. And I appreciate the the stories as I think that they provide a lot of context for people and, and help them learn that this most powerful way to be great at sales is through stories. Totally. Uh, um, you know, one last question for you, Bryce. I really appreciate the time you've spent with me tonight. Um, I guess you're two hours behind my night, uh, end of your day is, you know, talking a little bit about mindset, how important that is for personal discipline, leadership, you know, especially sales. You know, uh, I was joking earlier, I told you, you know, helping to build out a national distribution for private equity insurance firm. I haven't taken, I've taken two lunches in the last month, right? Like I'm just grind, 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 grind all day. And, um, and I'm up 415. I have that mindset doing those types of things. Not a lot of people are, are built that way. You know, what do you do and how do you kind of gear your mindset to be nails? Because obviously you're incredibly fit. Like you're running a global organization. I don't even know how many franchises you guys have now. Last I had heard it was, you know, probably I'm assuming it's a couple thousand or, or pretty close to it at this point. So you got a lot of moving parts. Um, what do you do to build yourself um, to stay focused and, and to stay on the grind? 
incredible question and salute, you know, hats off to you for, you know, being part of being a student in that game. And I have a lot of mutual respect for, you know, people like you. Um, I think you said a very important word, build. Like you have to build your mindset. Mm -hmm. For me, it wasn't factory installed. Now that said, I always had this like intense burning desire to be, you know, better than I was yesterday and to be very, very successful. But when I look at my mindset 10 years ago or even 15 years ago, it's no ne not nearly as strong as it is today. So it's a matter of like active building that mindset, but your mindset is freaking everything. And for me, I mean, that's it. Like one of my core values um, personally, well, personally is freedom. And the second one is to have a whatever it takes mentality. Like mm. you have to have a whatever it takes mentality to be successful at whatever you want to do because let's face it, man, life is hard. It's going to hit you in the teeth. Business is going to crush you. And literally you have two choices. When you get crushed, you can cry in the corner like a little child, or you can realize, you know what, if it's up to me, if it has to be, it's up to me. I'm literally going to like lace up my bootstraps. I'm going to put my big boy pants on Bryce and I'm going to freaking dominate the day. And, and how I do that is a few different things. Number one, I wake up at four o'clock every day because I realize my competitor is McDonald's and Taco Bell. The CEO of McDonald's, the CEO of Taco Bell is not wake up at four o'clock. They're not going to freaking work out in. They're not going to subject themselves to three minutes in a polar, a polar plunge um, at 45 degree weather at, like or 45 degree water at 530 in the morning every day. And I do that specifically, Tizer, just to give myself an edge especially when I'm going yeah. to like a big meeting, I have like, you know, some sort of like friction-based thing. I'm like, all right, well, I need to persuade. I need the outcome that we're looking for. I'm going to do the work right now to develop my mindset. Cause I know my competitors not when I do that, I have the edge. And I think that's really, really important. So from a foundational perspective, you know, that's how you develop your mindset. And then of course, it's like connecting with friends like you of different podcasts, like your input eventually becomes your output. So if you're putting input in your, in your mind, that's freaking garbage. That's like reality TV and all that. Well, guess what? When, when, a, a deal that needs to be closed has happened or a big moment you're there, you're not going to have the resilience and the mental fortitude to do that. So you need to keep on pushing forward, surround yourself with like-minded people, ensure that you're putting good input in your mind. So you have good output. So these are all strategies that I use on a daily basis. And really going back, I talked about the polar plunge, but it's going back to fitness. I work out every single day. I don't, I don't need to spend two, three hours at the gym, crush myself, but I get a 30 minute circuit in seven days a week to basically get me going. And when I do, I just feel like I develop my mindset where I'm unstoppable. And that is so, so important to your success. Man, love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Bryce. Uh, powerful. Um, thank you so much for the conversation. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, uh, I don't know that we mentioned your podcast. Um, can you can you just, where can people find that or yeah, we love that. Appreciate that. The Fitness CEO Podcast. That is the Fitness CEO Podcast. You can find us on all channels. And again, appreciate you having me on. I guess our global website is fitbodybootcamp.com. And if you you know got value here, I would love to continue to serve your, your audience, uh, Tizer. Uh, my, all my handles, including my website, is Real Bryce Henson. So that's where you can find me. Perfect. All that will be posted. Bryce's handles, uh, Fit Body Bootcamp website. If you're interested in franchising, I would suggest you check it out. And then also his podcast will be listed. So if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, you guys can scroll right down and find it and connect with Bryce. Bryce, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. Awesome call. Appreciate the preparation. And I also enjoyed it as well. Thank you.